This is the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this month's edition to the Family Shift Podcast. My name is Rodney Gage, and this is my beautiful wife, Michelle. Hey, everybody. So thankful you've joined us this month, and uh, yeah. we just want to say that this, this month's podcast is something that uh, we're really excited about. But before we dive into uh, the subject matter, we just want to say that it would really mean a lot to us if you would subscribe to the podcast and also rate and review. It always means so much when we get people to comment and rate and review. Uh, how this podcast is actually bringing hope and encouragement to their lives because that's really what this podcast is designed to do is to help families stop drifting and to start living with greater intention. I actually want to read uh, a review that someone shared with us recently and uh, it's from a lady by the name of Heather Othout and she said, I absolutely love this podcast. I am so thankful to Rodney and Michelle for giving us such valuable information on how to be the best versions of ourselves and live out our best lives. This is such an inspirational podcast. So that really does mean a lot to us because we know that it's helping people just like yourselves. So with that in mind, uh, thanks again. Just keep those yeah. uh, comments coming. And then also, if you have questions that you would like to send to us, we would love to answer those questions. So, you, so simply just write whatever question that comes to mind that's on your heart and simply send that. You can email it to questions at familyshift.com. So with that in mind, we also have one other thing that we're mm -hmm. excited about, and that is a brand new book that is coming out. It's going to be hitting bookstores everywhere on September the 17th, and we have a copy of it right here. This is actually an early uh, reader edition, and it's called The Family Shift. We're going to be talking about a five-step plan to help families stop drifting and to start living with greater intention. Super and, excited um, about we that. We have literally poured <laughs> our lives into this yes. book. Uh, we've raised three amazing kids that we're so proud of and yeah. been married. We just celebrated 28 years of marriage. That's right. And we also, can I go ahead and say it? It's out. Okay. You what just is turned it? 50 years old. So we just I did celebrated it. I did it. Michelle's 50th. <laughs> birthday Feeling half century old unbelievable <laughs> so with that uh yes. we have been celebrating a lot here of late but it's all good celebrations yes our daughter got on. married that's right As our well. daughter got married yes. our second daughter got married uh our oldest is already married and uh yeah. now ashlyn is married and yeah. our son luke uh, just moved off to do a summer internship and be yep. starting college in the fall. And it's so an exciting season. We're we empty are, nesters. We're empty nesters. Officially. So whatever that means. But we're <laughs> no, excited. That's right. And we look forward to sharing all that uh, we've had the opportunity to experience in our adventures as well as in our journey. That's right. Of being married and raising kiddos. Well, let's get to it. This let's month's it. episode, we're excited to talk about the number one destroyer of marriages and relationships. It's not exciting, but, but we're excited to tackle it because it's something that we can deal with and something that we can live with greater intention with. And I love, um, and it, it is anger. 
It is anger. I don't know if I, I said that. I was wondering where you were going to that. I, it, yes, it's anger. If you didn't guess, it's anger. Um, and one a quote that I found that is just really amazing and so true. It says, anger doesn't solve anything. It builds nothing, but it can destroy everything wow. in our lives. Anger is probably the most misunderstood emotion that we have. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why it's so uh, misunderstood is because it's we're surrounded by it. We're immersed in a culture today where anger is just expressed in so many um, toxic, unhealthy, unproductive, extreme, you know, ways. We see it all over, you know, whether it's the, at the movies or, you know, we see it, you know, in the workplace. We see it obviously on television. You know, kids see it every day in school. Um, I mean, we're just, we're immersed in a culture that seems to, you know, have this issue of rage and anger. Right, right. But unfortunately, it has a ripple effect because, you know, unfortunately, it is also in our homes. But again, it's somewhat of a misunderstood emotion. And I think one of the reasons why it's yeah. misunderstood and often misapplied yeah. is because we fail sometimes to remember that there's a good side of anger. Right. And I think there's that um, kind of righteous anger, righteous indignation from the standpoint of standing up for what's right or standing up for a cause or conviction or Obviously, anytime you see wrong or injustice done to someone, there's just something that wells up from within that right. says that's not right. There's the good kind of anger. Right. As a matter of fact, if you don't get angry over those kinds of things, then it would also maybe mean that you, on the opposite end of that penalty, you might be heartless. You right. may be indifferent right. or, or maybe apathetic towards the realities of, you know, how that affects other people. Right. So it can be a part of love. Absolutely. I think that emotion. Yeah. And I think one of yeah. the things that, again, that can be misunderstood is that so often we think the opposite of love is hate. Uh -huh. But in reality, the opposite of love is is apathy. Right. Because obviously, if somebody were to hurt you or to hurt one of our three children that bring that, that brought harm to you, it brought harm to them. Well, if I sat back and did nothing. Yeah. Obviously, not only would I be heartless, right. but at the end of the day, you know, it would show that I don't even care. Right. And so I think one of the reasons why anger and the emotion of anger can be misunderstood and misapplied, again, because there's a good side of anger. But we're going to be talking about the destructive side of anger and really the ripple effect of how that impacts marriage relationships, mm -hmm. how that impacts family relationships. And really just in relationships in general, because for whatever reason, there's just a lot of um, anger that happens on a day to day basis. There's some interesting statistics yes. that we discovered. Yeah, we found these um, stats. Yeah, that you're going to Very interesting. So we'll start out with the women. But the average woman loses her temper three times a week. That's quite a lot. That's not very much. You don't think? Well, the man, the average man, loses his temper six times a week. Yeah. Okay. So women <laughs> uh, more often get angry at people. So this makes sense to me, you know, that women often get angry at people and men often get angry at things, um, you know, such as machines, technology in my home. I have this um, issue that, that you have a real problem with right, technology. I <laughs> <laughs> so is hate too strong of a word uh it yeah i don't know i'm it's, surrounded it's, right it's now on, as we record this yeah. we are surrounded by technology yes. it is without question the most frustrating thing 
on the, I mean, on this planet because you do show your anger when I dealing am, with technology. Uh, I don't know. I'm an idiot when it comes to technology. Yeah. And uh, so nothing frustrates me more. Aren't we thankful for the people around us that are amazing so, at technology? So yeah. Um, yes. Pound some tables and bang some walls. That's, that's for right. Sure. That's right. And interesting enough, single adults express anger twice as often as married adults. Kind of interesting. I didn't know that. And men are far more physical in their anger than women. I would kind of assume that one. Um, and we are most likely to express anger in our homes at rather than anywhere else. And I think that's probably because we're most comfortable in our homes. It's kind of like an easy target to express our emotions. Yeah. Um, but that's not always a good thing. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. where... I mean, kind of bringing this down to the realities of where most of us struggle with the most is, um, yeah, we may get angry and maybe take out our anger or frustration, you know, at a coworker or maybe a, a student takes it out on their peer at school, a friend, or, you know, obviously we hear kids today going off on their teachers, you know, yeah. where there's violence it's in the tough. classroom. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, again, the there's so much rage and anger that's right. out of control but where it really hurts and cuts like a knife is when we express that anger in unhealthy and destructive ways towards the people that we love and care about the most, right. you know, our spouse, our children. And uh, I think that's where, um, you know, well, you talked about earlier, it's the number one destroyer of marriages. And mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. So we're right. going to unpack that. Right. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about how to deal with anger in our marriages and our relationships, and there's two things that we're going to work through tonight, and I'm excited yep. to hear you kind of expound on those. Well, here's what we're going to do. So the first thing that I think is important for us to understand when it comes to really how we deal with anger, and first and foremost, is understanding what is causing the anger. Right. You know, because sometimes we don't even think about what it is that's causing us to, to be angry. And obviously, one of the main reasons why so many struggle with anger is because of hurt. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's not just things that are said, mm -hmm. but obviously things that are done. And it may not even be the physical hurt, but it's the emotional. It's the relational. It's the betrayal. It's that, you know, you put your trust in someone that you love and you care about, and all of a sudden that person has betrayed you. They've walked out on you. They have forsaken you. And um, expectations. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, the list goes on and on right. when it comes to the things that cause us hurt in our lives. You right. know, we see, I think that's one of the reasons why you see so much anger and rage manifested in young people today. We live in a culture and a society where you have so many kids due to divorce that grow up without um, male models or, or role models or fatherly figures, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a father hunger. There's an angst that a lot of kids carry with them that spills over into um, unhealthy, unproductive, destructive, you know, manifestations of the way, as far as the way they deal with that anger. But at the end of the day, there's an underlying hurt that drives or fuels the anger. Right. Um, you know, we were talking with some people here just recently, and you know, who shared with us some unfortunate circumstances that were going on in their marriage relationship that was devastating. It was catastrophic. And, you know, here we are sitting down on the couch talking through the realities of what just occurred in the aftermath. 
And so, yeah, there's hurt. There's devastation because of that. And then you have frustration, which is another cause of anger. Because, you know, um, y- when you think about frustration, I think you just mentioned those, maybe those unfulfilled expectations. Um, maybe yeah. we've put our hope, we've put our trust, we've put our dependency upon someone else, thinking they're going to help bring joy and fulfillment and happiness to our lives, peace to our homes, our relationships. Um, meet needs in our lives, and then all of a sudden, that's not happening. Things don't happen maybe in a way that we hoped, and it brings frustration. It could even be a situation, I see this happen all the time, where maybe it was a job promotion, there was an opportunity for advancement, and then all of a sudden, you take this risk, you step out there, and you go for this job opportunity, and all of a sudden, things don't happen the way you'd hoped. And now all of a sudden there's a setback and there's frustration that comes from that, financial setbacks. Mm -hmm. So the list goes on and on, which breeds another underlying reason why anger is a major problem. And that, of course, is fear and insecurity. And so when you have this fear of will I be hurt again? Will my spouse betray me again? Will my parents, you know, go through another challenge or setback that maybe in the heart of a child brings that fear or insecurity. Maybe a teenager feels vulnerable because of different things going on in his or her world, and as a result, they're manifesting that anger because of the fear and the insecurity that they're feeling. Right. Whether it's rejection. We carry that with us. Yeah. You know, even into our adult years, things that happened. I was speaking with a friend this week. 12 years old, a devastating thing that just causes now fear in her life and relationships. Absolutely. You know, um, just because of people not acting or things that she expected them to do in, in their relationship, you know, went south. Right. And it has affected her even now. So whether it is fear and insecurity, whether it's frustration or just tremendous hurt that a person carries in their life, mm-hmm. well, obviously – that is a issue that people have to take a step back and say, okay, what right. is it that's causing me to feel this emotion that now all of a sudden is controlling my life? You see, we can either control our anger or our anger will eventually control us. So true. And so when we're driven by fear, when we're driven by insecurity, when we're driven by this you know, intense frustration, when you feel stuck, you feel like you're trapped, you can't get out of a situation, or you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel, things aren't mm-hmm. getting better, there's this frustration that builds and builds and builds, and then you have all the hurt that goes along with that, it's like a ticking time bomb. Absolutely. And so, and again, yeah. we take it out on the people who are often closest to us. They're the casualties, they're the innocent bystanders of the anger. Right. And so... We have to stop and ask ourselves, what is it that's causing me to be controlled by this emotion? And then the second thing that I think is important for us to understand, and that is we have to think about it and we have to talk about it before we actually act on it. Because what happens and where we get ourselves in trouble and where we live a lot of regret is that we say things and we do things without actually thinking about what it is we're getting ready to say or what it is we're getting ready to do. Or we think about it a second and then we go for it. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and then it once it's said, or once it's done, okay, yeah. it's done. The you damage has already back. been done. Yeah. You can't take it back. Right. And now you're living with this regret because you can't, you can't go back and undo what's already been done. And right. the words 
that come out of our mouths. The things that are often said are the things that hurt. Those are the things that are remembered. And right. so we have to realize that, yeah, you know, tension and tempers always go together. Mm-hmm. And I think people have to understand that, once again, there are ways that we often express anger. And there, in fact, there are several we're going to unpack. And the first is, for a lot of people, here's how they deal with it. They actually suppress their anger. Yeah, it's like a Coke bottle or a Coke can. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like the classic <laughs> Coke can where you shake it up and shake it up, and all of a sudden, you know, when the tension, when the thing is, you know, at, at its peak in terms of the tension in that can, and right. then you pop the top, what happens? It just spews everywhere, mm-hmm. and that's what happens with anger. Anger kind of over the course of time, it'll build, it'll build, it'll build because we're we're actually suppressing it. We're holding it down, but eventually it has to come out. Right. And that's where the damage is done. Yes. And then there is the repressing. So we suppress it, but other people actually <laughs> repress it. That simply means, um, you know, and I've we've been guilty of this. I know that uh, you've done this to me and I've done this to you, but oh. it's like, what, are you angry? Why are you upset? Why are you upset with me? I'm not upset. Why, what, what makes you think I'm upset? You know, we'll raise our voice. Why you? Why you call? Why, why do you think I'm upset? Well, we often want to deny the fact that we're angry and yet we're wearing it all over our facial expression expressions. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people deal with it by maybe isolating themselves. They withdraw. Right. I think what happens with a lot of uh, teenagers, this is very common with a lot of kids and uh, teenagers, is that when they're hurt or maybe they're feeling fearful and insecurity, and so often it's relationships. It's been said that the loneliest person on the planet is a 15-year-old girl. Mm. So you have all of these emotions that wreck a person's life, and all of a sudden they're either – stuffing it in or they're just withdrawing themselves and all that does is it causes the anger to stew even more right so you have those that will suppress it and repress it but then of course there is the expressive aspect of how we actually deal with it and this is probably um the most damaging because once again we're doing something acting Mm -hmm. out in a way before we actually even think about what we're doing or even what we're about to say because the anger now has taken control of us and that's where sometimes rage and violence we see domestic abuse um, that obviously is rampant in our culture and our society today and obviously these are the these are the unhealthy toxic highly highly destructive ways of expressing anger right because i think most people are not confrontational you know i think that most of us would rather avoid confrontation but we suppress and we cause those things to be repressed and then eventually you can only hold things in for so long well recently we were talking with some people that we know and um you know been married for quite some time and unfortunately the spouse was um has been addicted to pornography mm-hmm. and uh, this had been going on for quite some time right and um, and through this whole entire situation mm-hmm. um, you know the spouse found out and then there's the uh, 
uh, moment of reality of what was going on and the magnitude of what was going on. And then all of a sudden, all of those emotions, the hurt, the betrayal, the anger, the resentment, um, you know, just the frustration, you know, all of those things suddenly just hit the fan. Right. And so. Devastating. They're, and it's only normal and it's mm-hmm. only natural to feel those kinds of feelings of yes. anger and hurt. And especially when you've been devastated by that kind of news that's catastrophic right. to the marriage. But I think what happens, we sometimes fail to maybe come to the place of owning things in the relationship. And this is where what I just shared obviously is an extreme. It really is an extreme situation or scenario mm-hmm. that usually is exposed. But before it gets to that level, this is where we have to confess. This is really, I think, the positive or the healthy way of dealing with anger in the relationship. And that is simply just going to one another and say, I want you to know that what you said hurt or what you did greatly hurt me or it could be the opposite what you didn't do right or what you didn't say brought hurt to my life right it brought hurt to you know our relationship because you know just by what you said or maybe by what you didn't do you know showed showed me or you know told me that you don't care or you don't love me and so I think it's important that we come to that place of just transparency Right. Of confessing. And I think we all do it differently, you know. I think it's extremely healthy to do that. I know times when you have offended me or I've been angry at you, I can even feel my pes- my, my chest pounding that I've, I've got to confront it. I've got to say something, and I get it out, but it's not always the easiest thing to do. And sometimes I have to write it out. You know, yep. I write you a note and, and confess what's going on with me. Um, but it's physically, it's harmful to us. Emotionally, it's harmful to us. Absolutely. In every way. Yeah. If and we I hang on to it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's been said, and this is the reason why we stated at the out, outcome or at the outset of this podcast, and that is, that's why anger is the number one destroyer of marriage relationships. Mm-hmm. It's because of the unhealthy, unproductive ways that couples deal with anger but rather than dealing with it in a healthy way of confessing, of just being able to have the open lines of communication and saying, look, what you did hurt me. Mm-hmm. Or maybe something that was said to our son or our daughter. Um, it's important that we, it's been said that intimacy can be defined as into me, you see. Right. We have to be willing so to take good. off the mask, open up our heart and say, right. you hurt me. Right. And because you hurt me, this is how I'm feeling. And I'm angry and I'm hurt. I feel betrayed or I feel, you know, unappreciated. I feel unloved. It makes me feel insecure. It's, it's having that kind of honest, open, and transparent communication without a- accusing or attacking. It is just being willing to confess. Right. And so... I think and revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing sometimes. Absolutely. That's a good and way to say it. And we have to fight for our marriage. Absolutely. We have to fight for our family. And sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do. But we, if you, if it's worth it to you, you got to fight for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, Michelle, to kind of wrap all this up, mm-hmm. I think the key to bringing healing 
is obviously forgiveness. Yes. Because, you know, we can't allow, as the good, as the good book tells us, to allow the sun to go down on our wrath. We can't yeah. go to bed carrying anger toward yeah. our spouse. Right. You know, it's been said that bitterness is kind of like a holding a match. It only burns the one that's holding it. Mm -hmm. So when we're unwilling to confess and we're unwilling to forgive, we're only hurting ourselves. Right. And so we only cause those wounds to grow deeper mm -hmm. when we're unwilling to confess it and deal with it, but ultimately forgive the person who's offended us. Right. So we have to be willing to let go of those offenses. We have to be willing to forgive. It, it, you, you can't necessarily forget. Right. You'll always remember, but you can forgive. Yes. You can let go. It's our choice. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and right. so we can either choose to hang on to those hurts and those, those negative emotions, or we confess it, learn how to deal with it, right. and be willing to forgive and move on. And I think the more couples specifically can work on bringing that kind of openness in that relationship, I think the, open, the openness in their communication and the healthiness of that relationship is going to allow them to overcome the trials and the setbacks and the challenges that are inevitable in any relationship, especially right. in a marriage relationship. That's right. Well, such a, such a good topic to talk about because we all deal with it. And if people have any questions for us, again, you can send your questions to questions at thefamilyshift.com, and Absolutely. we would love to talk about those things in the future. Yeah, and because anger will only cause you to drift further and further right. away right. and our goal is to help families and to help marriages stop drifting and start living with greater intention so with that said we just want to say thanks again for listening to this month's podcast don't forget to rate review make sure to subscribe and we also want to say a very special thank you to nona media for making this podcast available to all of you they do an amazing job yes, and we appreciate do. their friendship and their partnership Thanks again. We look forward to seeing you back next month for the Family Shift Podcast. If you're receiving hope and encouragement from this podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and share it with your friends on social media. You can also receive the Family Shift Discussion Guide and show notes right into your inbox by signing up or downloading the discussion guide by going to familyshift.com backslash podcast. While you're at FamilyShift.com, be sure to sign up to be the first to receive updates on Rodney and Michelle's new book coming out this fall. Special offers and bonuses will only be available to our subscribers. Once again, thank you for joining us at the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage.